America is a nation that can be defined in a single word. I was going to foot him, uh, foot, foot, excuse me. Man, what are we talking about? Right, right and wrong. Come on, man. What are we talking about? Right, right and wrong. Corn Pop was a bad dude. Whoa. Corn Pop was a bad dude. Whoa. Come on, man. What are we talking about? Right, right and wrong. Come on, man. What are we talking about? Welcome to Right and Wrong. This is the show where we try to wake up the woke by talking common sense about the issues of the day. I'm your host, Brian Ruka. And with me, as always, over there is my man, producer Juice. The Juice Box, Truth Box, just living life, loving it all day, every day, producing clips for us, bringing us some good beats, uh, winning those wars over there on the Twitter machine. Not on my watch! Get angry! So, today on the show, we're going to be going all Supreme Court. It's going to be uh, what we like to call a Supreme episode here of the Right and Wrong Show. We'll talk the... Uh, Dobbs women's health case. We'll talk about Coach Kennedy. We'll talk about the decision for uh, school choice up there in Maine. And we'll uh, also hit on that ability to carry a firearm in the state of New York. So we got a very busy show. Um, we definitely are going to be bringing you the rights and wrongs of the week again. And we will uh, obviously be ending things with our come on, man, segment of the day that you guys all love. I guess without further ado, I might as well just turn it over to Ric Flair. What do you think, Juice? Stop fil- filibustering my own show and just get two things already? Let's go. Yeah, yeah. I think that sounds about right. So uh, what do you think, Ric Flair? Is it showtime, baby? Woo! Showtime! Woo! Woo! All right, everybody. So I uh, I mentioned there that we're going to be doing all Supreme Court issues today. And it really struck me with the reaction uh, and the overreaction, quite frankly, by the left about this Dobbs ruling and the uh, overturning of Roe versus Wade that not a lot of people, um, I think, realize what the role of the courts are within our governmental structure. I mean, the three branches of government being like executive, legislation, and judicial, right? Do people realize how these things are all supposed to interact with each other and that they're supposed to be on equal footing? No one out of those three should really be greater than either of the other two. So it's mind-boggling to me to see the way that the left um, so like casually is calling for the Supreme Court to be packed or to be um, overthrown or to be, you know, whatever, dismantled. It um, Some might think that it's the same as, as trying to incite an insurrection of the, um, of the White House, of the presidency, not respecting our elections, you know, all that. So I don't understand how people don't realize what exactly happened with this ruling. And we're going to get into it a little bit deeper when we focus on this specific case. But essentially what the, what the Supreme court did was, was something that you don't see too often these days anymore. It was a authority. It it was a, um, you know, you could look at it as a bureaucracy giving away power. So they usurped the power of the people back 
1970, I think it was three, right, with the with the decision to um, make Roe the law of the land, they took that power away from Congress and, and they took it away from us, the people, to vote for the correct representation that would pass laws based on what we, the people, want, right? So we completely have removed the people from that process. We've been removed from that process for you know, my whole life now, as far as the issue of abortion goes. But you see it happening more and more and more, where the left, if they had their way, they would give all the power to the unaccountable. So these unelected judges who are appointed in their positions for life never have to face the people or, you know, win an election, or they would give all the power to, you know, the CDC, the FBI, the CIA, all these different government agencies, that's where they want the power to be. And you know why? It's because we can't do anything about it. There's very little public um, accountability over these agencies. And that's the way the left wants it. When they have have to actually stand up in front of us and show us what they're willing to do, what they've done, as opposed to just trying to be a member of Congress the way AOC is or the way uh, Ayanna Presley is or any of the members of the squad, which is just bark and loud and, and do selfie videos. That's what they think Congress is supposed to be, when in reality, you're supposed to be showing us what you are doing for us and just getting in front of your cell phone and taking videos of you talking about something being unfair and unjust and we're not going to stand for this and blah, blah, blah. Is really doing nothing. It's just lip service. It's just stoking anger and getting people fired up. But what I want to say to them and, and what the people who vote for them should be saying to them is, okay, what are you doing about it? You can't just stamp your feet and shout and, you know, call the call on the court to solve your issues for you. Why don't you get to work and start figuring out how to draft legislation that's going to do what your people want. So instead of just ramming through everything by executive order or uncompromised legislation that you're going to jam through and hopefully let a court, let a uh, judge settle for you, why don't you get into the office, get to the table, stop making relationships with people from the Republican Party, people that would probably be a little bit more centrist, independent, and people in your hardcore radical you know, progressive circles, get with them and start convincing people to make laws about any of these issues that you want to scream and yell about, you know, specifically the one at the moment being abortion. You sat around for 50 years just saying, oh, the court, the court, pack the, we're not going to pack the court or we're not going to appoint people who are going to overthrow Roe versus Wade. Well, most smart people understood that that was a, a faulty ruling to begin with. So to me, this was an an inevitability that the left failed to acknowledge and failed to prepare for. What you should have been doing is trying to craft legislation that was going to be appealing to all sides. You know, don't get yourself into the spot now where you want abortion on demand. Or uh, as Ben Shapiro likes to say, abortion in New York up until the age of uh, 86 years old. (laughs) So... (laughs) Instead of doing that, why not work with people? Why not come up with things that, you know, I'm I'm a pro-lifer. I think that, you know, there's really no excuse to ever terminate a life. So that's just me. That That's it for me. 
I think it's morally unjust and, and wrong. But there's plenty of people that I think you could, could convince to get on board with you on like a 12-week type of thing, a five-week type of thing, stuff like that. So what is the job of the Supreme Court, right? That was what I started with. It's to interpret the Constitution, not to draft your legislation for you. And it was an amazing thing that they did this week. The Supreme Court did what made me think of George Washington. See, I've said it before and I'll say it again. The most impressive thing that maybe anybody's ever done in this country was George Washington giving away the power that he had as the very first president of the United States of America. The people at that time loved him. He could have been president for life. They wanted to make him a king, you know, and he actually had the wherewithal, the uh, humbleness, if that's if that's even a word, who knows, but he had that in him where, where he was not an egomaniac that wanted control at all costs. He was able to swallow his pride a little bit, know that he does not know all, and he gave the power up and returned it to the people, which is exactly what the Supreme Court just did last week. And I hope they continue to do that. And now it's our job to pick and to vote for representatives that are going to go in there and actually do work as opposed to just yell and scream and post on Instagram. All right, and we're going to get to one of our favorite new segments of the show, the uh, Rights and Wrongs of the Week. Yeah! We're going to start off this week with the rights at the top of the show, uh, and we'll save those wrongs for a little bit later on. So stay tuned for those. Do not shut us off. Repeat, do not shut this show off. (laughs) You're going to want to stay tuned for those. All right, let's get to it. So, without further ado... The number five right of the week is Mr. Primetime Alex Stein. Primetime 99 Alex Stein. He's outside um, before he was going to do a spot. I believe it was New York City. And he just went out there pulling out his uh, his phone selfie style and uh, trolling the, <laughs> the crowd who all had uh, signs telling him how horrible he is in... Uh, trying to hide their faces behind them, all that good stuff. He he pulled a couple out of their hands, ripped them up, and just uh, did some Alex Stein kind of things. So, Juice, you want to uh, give everybody a little bit of that? Look at this, my very own protesters. Primetime 99, I made it on the grind. This is all it took. Thank you guys for coming to the show. Thank you all so much. I really appreciate yeah. your support. We did it, guys. This is the real show. It's Primetime 99. These are the VIP fans. This is how we grind and shine. This is how we win the culture war. This is how we do it, guys. This is this is when you know it's effective. When people will come out here and protest you. That's because these people love the establishment. We are the anti-establishment. <laughs> I love what he said there at the end about being uh, anti-establishment. Because that's what he is. That's what we are. You out there listening to the Right and Wrong Show. That's what you are. And it's awesome because the leftist um, party and, and all these people like the like these these nerds out there, um, Antifa wannabe people, they all think that they are um, counterculture. They think that they are anti-establishment. But look in the mirror, people. That's what you are. You have become the establishment. And 
you know that irks them so much because they think that they're, you know, again, the counterculture, but they're not. They are the culture. Us who see things normally, who think common sense, who know that men are men and women are women, we're the counterculture. And it's hilarious. All right. Number four, right of the week is Senator Josh Howley. He uh, did an appearance where he was asked to comment about um, the meltdown that the left is having over the uh, recent rulings in the court. So let's hear what he had to say. Uh, Senator, what's your reaction to all of this? The riots, the chaos, the vandalism uh, in one area in Portland, they spray painted death to SCOTUS. Yeah, you know, Ainsley, it's just it's outrageous. First of all, I'd say two things. The first is the Biden administration has really turned an eye towards this left wing uh, violence It turned their it turned a blind eye towards this left wing violence and it really encouraged it by saying things like, oh, it's fine to protest at the justices' homes, even though it is, in fact, illegal. The second thing is it really shows that the radical left has become very anti-democratic. What they don't want is they don't want the people to have any say when it comes to laws protecting life and the regulation of abortion. They don't want the people in the states or anywhere to be able to weigh in. And that's what this decision does. It turns it back to the people, which is as it should be. And that's not what the left wants, and it really shows they have become very anti-democratic. Wow, well said, Senator. Sounds a lot like um, kind of that theme of the of the uh, monologue from from a minute ago, right, Juice? Return that power to the people. I guess great minds think alike. Um, all right, the number three right of the week is this man, Mister Buddy Brown. He's a musician uh, who was singing, doing a doing a song with his guitar from the back of a pickup truck. Like, uh, like any old country song, uh, is meant to be played. So why don't we let him take it away? Juice. If y'all didn't know it, I'll explain it to you. You're all right wing bigots. If you're not into dudes, we get 55 emails each day before noon. Reminding us all that everything's gay in June. Your new Apple Watch, your ball cap from Liz. The Walt Disney Channel's got gay shows for kids. Levi Jeans makes you start hearing the banjos. Skittles makes sure we're all tasting the rainbow. As queer as a $3 bill in Elton John's boots. Remember, everything's gay in June. See all the stickers outside of the store It feels like a glitter bomb at your front door They're selling men's rompers live on QVC Queer Eye for the Straight Guy reruns on TV Move over you straight folks and give us your children to groom Because everything's gay in June That target your wife goes to on county line Even Buzz Lightyear is full of gay pride As queer as a three dollar bill In Elton John's boots Remember everything's gay in June If y'all didn't know it, I'll explain it to you You're all right wing bigots if you're not into dudes we get 55 emails each day before noon, reminding us all that everything's gay 
<laughs> what a great song. That one is uh, is going to be stuck in my head the rest of the show. That was Mr. Buddy Brown. Go check him out on his uh, YouTube page. That's where we found that video. That was uh, that was a good one. Nice song. All right. Our number two. Number two. Number two. <laughs> right of the week is a TikToker named Kaylee Fontanella. Um, and she shared her opinion on virtue signaling. So this was a this was a good one. Why don't you guys take a take a listen to this? I've been thinking about why the left always feels the need to virtue signal. And they especially do this online by putting the trending hashtags like hashtag stop Asian hate. They'll put the Ukraine flag in their bio or the black square during Black Lives Matter. Whatever is the trending social issue, they jump on it with virtue signaling. So here's why I think that the left virtue signals far more than the right. It's because they actually do nothing to help others, or at least far less than the right. The right is twice as likely to donate to charity. They also give blood more. The right also volunteers more. So you see why the left feels the need to virtue signal. It's so that they can feel like a good person. Nailed it. 100%. Um, and I, I don't really need to add any more to that because she uh, summed it up perfectly. Good job. And our number one right of the week comes from the founder of the pro-life organization that's called Live Action. Her name is Lila Rose. So let's hear what she had to say. And uh, Juice, I might have you stop it a couple times for us so, uh, so I can throw my two cents in. Roe v. Wade is overruled. It is done. The false right to abortion has been eliminated, and states are now free to protect human life. Since Roe was issued nearly 50 years ago, over 63 million American children have been killed by the abortion industry, a devastation of incalculable proportion. This decision to end Roe v. Wade will save millions of lives. But here's the key point. The end of Roe means the pro-life movement's work intensifies. We have a long way to go before we make abortion unthinkable in our nation and worldwide. And we have a massive road ahead towards building a culture of life. Even though Roe is overruled, many states will continue to legalize and even subsidize the killing of our nation's most vulnerable. My state of California, Illinois, Oregon, New York, the list goes on. Massachusetts. Yeah, don't forget that. They're, they're very pro-abortion here in Massachusetts, Lila. But you know that. Um, first of all, I just love the fact that this is a female who is so passionate and invested. She founded this organization back when she was 15 years old. I love the fact that it's a strong female leader here because one of the narratives, and you see it a lot around here in Massachusetts, where we're not very um, open-minded, you think that it's all... Um, old white men who are who are trying to control women's bodies but there are a ton of women that are invested and involved in the pro-life movement and lila rose here is just another one of the great people that has dedicated their life to it so let me let her continue the killing in those states will continue we will not have true justice until our nation acknowledges that under our constitution, every American born or pre-born has an inherent right to life protected by our constitution's 14th amendment. 
The 14th Amendment to the United States Constitution says, no state shall deprive any person of life, liberty, or property without due process of law, nor deny to any person within its jurisdiction the equal protection of the laws. All human beings are persons under the Constitution, which means abortion should be constitutionally prohibited and all human life protected nationwide. So here's the game plan for the road ahead. Five things. Before she gives the game plan right there, it's 100% true. Life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness, right? Life. So abortion's just removing life right there in its tracks, stopping it from even having an opportunity. First, we must work at both the state and federal level for complete legal protection for children in the womb. We must work with state and local legislatures to protect all human lives and enact policies that support parents and children. Second, we need an active ground game. We need to set up sanctuary cities for the preborn in hostile states. This is where a city outlaws abortion within its own jurisdiction. Also, we need to minister outside abortion facilities and redirect women to life-affirming pregnancy resource centers. Block out days in your week where you can go to the abortion facility with your friends, your church groups, and your ministry to help parents choose life and peacefully put pressure on the facility to close. Third, we need digital activism. Look, you can make America pro-life very easily right now. We have concrete actions for you to click on right after this video is done. The first thing you can do is share our Olivia video on fetal development or our what is abortion videos on social media. These are statistically proven through market research to change hearts and minds in abortion, to change people from pro-choice to pro-life. We are going to see an awakening when people grapple with the reality of what abortion is, the poisoning to death, lethal injection, and dismemberment of innocent children. When people learn the truth about abortion, they change. We've seen it. That is so true. I mean, the reason abortion has been able to be so successful, the uh, the pro-abortion side, is because they've shut conversation down about this. Everybody who's flipping out about this right now, I'd say 90, 80, 85% of them don't even realize the procedure. They don't realize what's being done. And hopefully, we'll all start to gain a little bit more confidence um, being able to speak about this and really show people um, and help them understand what is actually going on. I mean, I know I'm an audio podcast only, but I'll share the link to this video as she's speaking, they start playing some clips showing doctors and people explain what's going on in abortion, and it's just heartbreaking. I don't know how you could watch that and still be in favor of something like this. But the problem is people don't watch it. They don't know about enough about this. So that's where we come in, and she's so right that we need to get um, use our social media channels to make people aware of exactly what's going on. Watch and share our Pro-Life Replies series, which responds to every major pro-choice talking point. Sign up to be a live-action ambassador and receive regular action items to advance the pro-life cause. Fourth, support pregnancy resource centers and charities that help mothers and fathers. Give generously to your local life-affirming pregnancy center or pro-life organization. Volunteer and get trained to help yourself if you can. Fifth, we need a love-based, commitment-based, sexual ethic in this country. According to the New York Times, 86% of women who have abortions are unmarried. 60% already have a child. Abortion culture 
is actually downstream from hookup culture and shackup culture. The solution is love and respect that we all deserve, and sex only in the context of lifelong love and commitment. Strong marriages make strong families, and sex belongs within strong marriages. That has to be our sexual ethic. Ding, 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 ding. And again, that one is a lot easier said than done, but how much better would our society be without the Tinders uh, of the world out there, without apps like that, without that, as you mentioned, hookup culture? It's just, it's not good mentally, morally, or physically. Until we realize that, until we're ready to admit that, we're going to continue to um, go down this this dangerous road that we're going down with uh, the morality and the ethics of this country as we know it. Our nation can be a land of limitless potential. What does potential mean? It means looking forward to our posterity, our legacy, our future. Our potential is our children. Children are our future. Let us cherish our children. Let us celebrate the children. The choice is before us. What will we choose? The law or anarchy? Justice or injustice? A future of life or a future of death? Let me tell you, a future of death is no future at all. Roe v. Wade is finished, and the work of the pro-life movement is just getting started. Let's be the generation that says, enough, and makes abortion not only illegal, but unthinkable. Wow, what a great, powerful, powerful um, video that was. And again, I'll put the link in there because you got to watch the video too. Um, It's nothing too over the top, but the images hit me uh, right where it counts, man. And and I think they'll they'll do the same to you. So I I know that was a little bit of a long video, but I, I just find it to be extremely important. I think it's worth the watch. So I'll put the link in the show description, and hopefully you guys will check it out. Like I said, that was um that was Lila Rose, the founder of um, Live Action, a pro life organization that's doing some great work out there. So check them out when you uh when you get a chance, and um she deserved that spot as our number one right of the week. All right, so let's jump right into the uh, hot-button topic of the day. The phenomenal ruling that the Supreme Court came down with in the Dobbs versus Jackson women's health, which has just made Roe versus Wade um, irrelevant. So that is gone. Bye-bye. See you later. Vamos. Get out of here. Great, great, great decision um, in a 6-3 ruling by the court. Now, I'll tell you guys, I'm just a regular Joe, just like you. I don't consider myself to be, don't even pretend to be, and I didn't even stay at a Holiday Inn Express last night. So I am no legal expert. I do not um, know this stuff like the back of my hand. This is just my common sense um, kind of everyday man point of view when it comes to how this was ruled. So I don't want to be bogged down in the weeds with the um, intricacies of the actual decision, like like legally, but from everything I understand, you know, honest legal minds out there, they'll tell you that it was a stretch that Roe versus Wade actually um, was ruled the way it, it was ruled, and that it was bad um, legal procedure, was bad precedent, and in my mind was never going to last. Then it was reaffirmed in the um, Casey decision back in ninety two ninety three, and that one that ruling did not, you know, back up 
the road decision. It basically said this has been in place, so we'd be better to just leave things as they are than overturn it right now. Fast forward to where we are today, and the court basically said, hey, listen, this has been bad precedent for the past 50 years. Um, It's done anything but end the debate on abortion, which is kind of one of those things that the Casey decision was leaning on. And um, if anything, this has only made things worse the way it's been so far. So what we're going to do, and like I mentioned at the uh, during the monologue, is return this back to the states, back to the people, because clearly there is not a one-size-fits-all answer to this um, difficult decision. So I think that's a good thing. You know, obviously I've told you I think we should go further with it, but at the very least, each state now is going to be able to make their own laws on abortion. And we've seen the reaction from the left, and, and it boggles my mind that you see the morons on Facebook that have nothing, like, know nothing about this stuff, try to say, oh, we got nine people uh, ruling against the majority of the, of the country here with this ruling, when we're about to have 27 states have, have abortion laws, abortion regulations on the books. There was a bunch of them, I think it was 12, right, that, that, that were trigger states that had um, abortion restrictions immediately as soon as the decision like this came. So if I'm doing my math right, we have 50 states, 27 of them would be more than the majority. So it's people that live in these little East Coast, West Coast bubbles or, or these major cities that think that um, they speak for the entire country when they they don't and they're just wrong. And if you believe that the majority of the people are in favor of abortion on demand or in favor of, of pretty much you know, whatever, whatever they think, because they actually won't tell you what they're in favor of. But um, if you think majority of the people are in favor of, of some sort of abortion, then this is a good thing because you're returning, you're, you're giving them that power. If they hold all the power, the majority, they're going to put, they're going to, they're going to pick representatives that are going to go into Congress and draft legislation in favor of their majority point of view. So that's fine. You should have no worry about that then. If the majority of the people want this to be, then that's what it will be. But you can't cram your your opinions down on everybody. So each state is going to be able to regulate this the way they want. Um, Some of the talking points that have been very frustrating to me are the people that are putting up their posts about um, miscarriages, about about other medical procedures that they call, that they say is abortion. Such and such is abortion. And who the f*** knows what's going to happen ectopically because half you men prove that you don't know what an ectopic pregnancy is like they're just playing on words with you right there there's nobody out there that's in favor of not allowing a procedure a medical procedure to be done that's going to save the life of a mother that's just insane anybody who's telling you that is lying to you so if the baby is already dead inside of a mother's belly that they've miscarried and the baby has not come out yet they're going to allow you to get a procedure to help move that process along. I mean, what are you crazy? You think that wouldn't happen? There's people that there's people that actually have regular pregnancies that they're given stuff to help deliver the baby naturally, like, like right off the bat, they, they give you things to help induce. So why you would think that that wouldn't be the case. Who's going to make you walk around with a, with a, with a dead baby inside of you and not let you get a medical procedure. Like, are you crazy? That's the stupidest thing I've ever heard. So don't fall for that nonsense. Um, how about these companies out there 
that are incentivizing their employees um, to have abortions. They'll send you to another state if it's illegal in the state that you're in. Like, that doesn't seem a little shady to you? Yeah, they'd much rather send you to a state for the weekend, uh, pay for your abortion to be done, and then have you back there punching the clock, uh, making your little widgets in the, in the widget factory on Monday instead of paying you to be out while you're on maternity leave and then worrying about you having to call out sick when your kid's sick or anything else that, that might distract you from the, from the workforce. Don't think that they're this nice corporation that's out for the best interest of you by offering you an abortion just to keep you in the workforce. And the stupidest of all arguments that I've seen out there was a moron on Facebook writing, couldn't wait to sign my check, F. Clarence Thomas, at a bar or a restaurant or something. I don't understand what that means. I mean, it seems pretty racist to me, but F. Clarence Thomas <laughs> because of a, of a ruling by the Supreme Court. I would love to hear what that person uh, could actually describe or, or tell you why that has anything to do with anything or, or has to do with... Um, the bill that you're paying at a restaurant. But anyways, don't fall for the over-the-top hysteria. Uh, don't fall for the false narratives getting getting sold to you by the left. Um, the Supreme Court went out of their way multiple times in this ruling to say they're not going to touch the same-sex marriage decision. They're not going to touch the um, interracial marriage decision. There was uh, there was another one, too, that they, that they talked about. I forget. But they kept making sure that, hey, this is what we're talking about in this circumstance. So, you know, maybe d does that mean that that's never going to be on the table? No, but they're going to take these things as they come, as they as they're brought to them. And majority of the justices said they want nothing to do with trying to overturn any of those other decisions. Clarence Thomas, speaking of which, maybe that's why he got the F Clarence Thomas notes, but he actually went a step further and said that he would remove the precedent from all of these social issue cases, because just from the constitutionality of it, from the from the role of the Supreme Court is what he's talking about, that they have no business making these broad determinations. All they're there to do is to tell you what the Supreme Court protects and does not protect. I mean, what the Constitution protects and does not protect. So there's nothing about any of these issues written in the constitution and as much as we want to make it up and and add that they're they're implied in there they're just not there so thomas's point which i thought was great was all of this stuff deserves to be legislated do your job congress that's basically what what he ruled and i love that i would trust like like me personally i don't care if two gay people want to be married i think there's a difference between you know, heterosexual marriage and, and gay marriage. But at the end of the day, we're, it come, we're, just, we're just debating the term that's used for it. So I don't think that states should make it, quote unquote, illegal for gay people to be married. But I also don't think it needs to be a Supreme Court issue. I don't think that should have been brought to the Supreme Court. I think we should have the um, wherewithal to trust the people within this country to do the right thing, to do what we think is right morally, ethically, and to elect the correct people that are going to support those opinions, those wills of the people, if you will. So I think Thomas would have taken it a lot further. Everybody else just basically is saying, hey, this shouldn't be in front of the Supreme Court people. This isn't a, a one size fits all for the entire country. Bring it back to the states. 
and you guys can all debate all your little scenarios that that everybody wants to throw out there. Your your rape and incest clauses, your health of the woman, your um, you know anything else that you want to talk about. But what about this? What about that? What about this situation? Those are all things that should be worked out within a debate, within the framework of an argument while drafting legislation. So you can have all that stuff. You can tell me that, you know, you believe that it should be at this point, at that point, if this situation arises. And that's what you guys can all work out amongst your states. You know, it's going to look a lot different in California than it does in Florida. And it's going to look different in Massachusetts than it does in South Dakota. It's going to look different in Texas than it does in Tennessee. It's going to look different all over the state. I mean, all over the country. And that's fine. That's what the idea of the United States of America is. I believe in states' rights. And that's the only reason we are as successful as we've been. We're able to hold together nationally and federally for the greater good of the 50 states. Yet, we're not going to cram down all of our thoughts and opinions from across all the 50 states on each individual one. So that's what sets us apart from everywhere else. Otherwise, we'd be 50 separate countries and we'd be, we'd, none of us would be as strong. Each country would be at the mercy of somebody else. So the fact that we're able to kind of understand that, that all 50 of us are going to think differently on many different issues, but together we are the strongest country in the world. If we don't remember that and realize that, we're not going to be anymore. It's going to come unraveling at the seam. And, and it seems like it already is heading in that direction. And be careful what you wish for, people in California, New York, whatever. Because we're going to be sitting ducks if we separate and we split up. All right. In this segment, we will focus on the uh, religious cases that the Supreme Court just ruled on. Oh, I mean, isn't this Supreme episode phenomenal already, Juice? <laughs> I love it. They have uh, have done a great job in uh, just in time to celebrate this this country that we live in for the Fourth of July coming up too. I couldn't be more happy to be an American than I am uh, this past week. So these cases that came up, we'll first touch on the uh, case for Coach Kennedy. So he's the football coach out in Washington State that lost his job and was fired because uh, he was a high school football coach that would nail on the field fifty yard line. I think after the games, right, at the end of a game, and say a quiet prayer to himself. He's very religious and, you know, wanted to thank God for, for playing the game, whatever it may be, for winning, for losing. That's his personal right to do so. Players joined him um, from both teams at times, and that's it. Nothing else to it. But they fired him, and they said it was like he was forcing people to join him, whether he was actually saying it or just by his actions he was uh, – he was making like his his players feel like they had to join him in order to gain playing time. That that was kind of the the narrative going out from the left about this one. Absolutely absurd. They were saying uh, a public school. There's no reason. There's no right to do this. Um, you know, you hear the the worst argument in the history of arguments: uh, separation of church and state, which I don't think enough people realize is the most misunderstood phrase that you hear. Whenever things like this come up, it's so misunderstood because it's not meant the way people try to use it. The separation of church and state is in reference to making sure that there's no state sanctioned religion, because at the time of um, formally becoming the United States of America, each state had their own church that was recognized as the state church. 
So we were basically saying the federal government is not going to determine a federal church for the United States. That's it. And they're not allowed, we're not allowed to use elected officials, you know, the offices of government to cram down a religion on the people. Last I checked, this guy's just a football coach who nailed down by himself. People joined, I'm sure, but took a knee to say a quiet prayer after a game. That's not the same thing as the government trying to force its citizens into a religion that um, they don't you know, believe in or follow. So how you could even, uh, like, it surprised me that this was a 6-3 decision. Actually, it shouldn't surprise me because the judges on the left only rule politically. They don't look at these things individually. So, of course, it was the three liberal judges that, you know, dissented in this opinion. But this one should have been a no-brainer to everybody involved. He's not bothering any, anybody. He's sitting there saying a prayer, and he has that right to do that. You can't strip him of his religious rights to say a prayer. So you're trying to enforce this rule. You're, you're removing his constitutional right to his religion. And that's what it broke down to, and that's what it was determined. And thank God it was. It's interesting, though, what kind of nailing on a football field is accepted by the left and which kind isn't, huh? You can completely disown this country, disrespect the, uh, the entire United States of America, and take a knee out of stupidity and they'll celebrate you and make you a hero. Take a need to quietly thank God for everything that's great in your life, and you can't do that. We see where their priorities are. Absolutely ridiculous. Along those same lines, the other case that came up was the one in Maine that allowed um, the, the state of Maine had a voucher system in place for public schools um, for families that wanted to go to an alternative to the public school that they might have been um, eligible to go to. I think a lot of it, too, had to do with um, it being so spread out there that it was like travel related to. But anyways, you, you were able to get a voucher to use towards the tuition of any other school. Um, and I believe they determined it as like the equivalent of like what you would be paying in taxes for the public school that the state would have, that the state would be running. And they blocked uh, families from being able to use that for religious schools. So you couldn't use it in a Christian school or a Catholic school, but you could use it for just a private school. So the Supreme Court, again, rightly determined that you cannot block somebody from their religious rights. So if you're going to allow anybody to use money that the state gives you to go for towards a private education, you can't just exempt the religious ones from it. It's either if you're going to give them have this voucher system in place, they can go use that money on any school they choose, which is great. And that's how it should be. And again, the left tried to argue that this is the government funding religious education. No, it's not. They're funding families. They're funding a family to do what they think is best for their own life, for their own child, for their own family. And if they can't provide that public education for them and the family needs an alternative, they're willing to pay for that for them, but it can't come with these different stipulations on it. It can't come with, oh, well, you can use it here, but not there. Like, nope, not happening. So thankfully, the Supreme Court ruled in favor of that one as well. So plus two for religious um, freedoms in this country. And again, sorry for the uh, self-promotion that I'm about to do here, but 
That right there tells me this is a perfect time to get on board with that lawsuit that I'm trying to take out against the Boston public school system because they blocked our religious choice, our religious accommodation that we requested to be removed from teaching my child about trans nonsense in an English class. So it looks like the Supreme Court's ready to ready to play ball with us on this stuff. So all we need is some funding and we could take my case against the Boston public school system forward and what they're trying to do, the people on my team are trying to bring this federally so that it could it could be across the nation. It's not just going to affect us here in Boston. This will go into effect for all public schools. They'll have to provide another alternative for you if they if they have this nonsense woke curriculum in place. So the Supreme Court's open. They're ready. They're ready to play ball. So we need your funding. Please check out wethepatriotsusa.org and try and give a couple bucks to this cause because hopefully you'll be able to see me doing some right and wrong promos outside of the Supreme Court in a couple of years when this thing makes it up there. And maybe I'll even be able to ask Judge Jackson if she's figured out what a woman is yet or not. So please, the the door for religious exemptions is open. It's there waiting for us. We just need to go through it. All right. Amen to that last segment, huh, Juice? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Score one for um, religion. I like it. Well, before we get into the final segment of the day, why don't we uh, take care of those wrongs of the week? Yeah. That's why you guys are all supposed to laugh and, and applaud. You know, maybe if we had like a laugh track, one of those things would help every once in a while. <laughs> but All right. Here we go. The number five wrong of the week goes to AOC for um, standing out, riling up a bunch of people that are dim-witted, ill-informed, and uh, just wrong. So what did she have to say? I'll start with the babyest of the babyest of the baby steps. Open abortion clinics on federal land and Oh, right now, right now. Ugh, I don't even remember Um, because <laughs> I wasn't watching the clip. My man pulled the audio for me. Thank you, Juice. But uh, she may or may not have had those giant glasses on. She usually wears those when she's look, trying to look sophisticated. But I don't know. Maybe this one was out with the crowd. So she wants to look like uh, one of the people. So maybe she didn't have those on. But abortion clinics on federal land? Get out of here. Again, stomping, stamping around, just making crazy claims instead of actually trying to do something uh, productive. So AOC, you are wrong. The number four wrong of the week goes to Chief Warren and her sidekick, uh, Ayanna Presley here in Massachusetts, where both of them are calling for surprise, surprise, packing the court. The chief's up front going, Follow me. Ah, Blackfoot tribe. Belongs to the Algonquin group. Quite savage, you know. <laughs> Finally, uh, given the extremism, the far-right extremism, and the imbalance, uh, and the compromised integrity of the Supreme Court, we need to expand the courts to restore balance and integrity. Now remember, the Indian is cunning, but not intelligent. 
This court has lost legitimacy. They have burned whatever legitimacy they may still have had after their gun decision, after their voting decision, after their union decision. They just took the last of it and set a torch to it with the Roe versus Wade opinion. I believe we need to get some confidence back in our court, and that means we need more justices on the United States Supreme Court. Oh, great takes by both of them. I mean, Ayanna Presley talking about integrity is is a, like the equivalent of Jared from Subway opening up a daycare center. Um, just oxymoron. And how about the chief over there? Every time she talks, I think her eyebrows get closer and closer to uh, the ceiling. I don't know what it is. Like, she just is an absolute looney tune. How anybody can take that woman serious. Uh, she's got some high cheekbones. That's why she's an Indian, of course. But those eyebrows are even higher than that. And the eyes are always bugged wide open. And she's just, you know, can't take her serious. How do you take that serious? We didn't get what we want. We don't know, you know, how to legislate as we've touched on all episode. So we're just going to take our ball, go home and just add 15 more judges so that they'll rule in our favor next time. Like, get out of here with that. Why don't you actually do some work, convince people do things in uh in in small small steps if that's what you need to do, but don't go out there trying to scalp democracy for us, Chief. All right, we'll have to have you smoke a peace pipe for us before we can take you serious, and and maybe that will bring those eyebrows down a little bit and kind of put your eyes back in place. All right, the number three wrong of the week comes from. One of the best governors in the United States. That's Governor Gretchen Whitmer. Why don't we hear what she had to say uh, recently when discussing women or, or, you know, she does not see them as women. So what do you think she might have called them? Anyone? Anyone? So we saw where we thought Dobbs was going to be headed. And this was prior to the draft opinion coming out publicly. So we looked at all the tools that I have as governor and determined that okay, a couple unique things I can do. Number one, I have the constitutional ability to bring a lawsuit to protect constitutional rights of people of Michigan. So I brought a lawsuit on behalf of all the menstruating people in Michigan, 2.2 million. Wow. 2.2 million menstruating people in Michigan. Yeah. Um, <laughs> what, what are you supposed to do with that? Get out of here. You're a lunatic and you're absolutely insulting to actual women that live in this country and live in your state. The number two wrong of the week. Hey, let's stay on the menstruating topic because uh, did you know that Disney World, Disney Channel or Disney Plus, I guess, whatever it is, they're about to come out with a show called Baymax and uh, it looks like Pixar animated, but they're going to handle the topic of, of menstruating geared towards your children. And this, I believe, is a male character, too, who's looking for some menstrual protection. <laughs> uh, Chris Rufo, doing great work, again, posted this on Twitter. And whoever his source is inside the Disney company is maybe the most influential and important person in this country right now for continuing to expose the Disney company for their grooming nonsense that they're trying to um, program into our children. So why don't you take a, take a look at or, or, or listen to this clip 
that um, got leaked on what appears to be an upcoming Disney television show. Excuse me, which of these products would you recommend? Oh, um, well, these are the tampons I usually use. Thank you. I prefer pads. They're more comfortable for me. Thank you. I always get the ones with wings. Thank you. Get them scented and bleach free if you can. Thank you. Yo, my daughter loves these. Thank you. These might be easier if it's her first period. Thank these you. are really environmentally friendly. Wow. Wow. How is that in a children's program? Insane. Uh, I know I've already done it. Uh, Juice, I hope I'm, I'm talking you into it too. But you got you to gotta stop with the Disney Plus subscription. It pained me to do it because I'm a Disney kid. I'm a Disney-aholic. I love Disney movies um, from when I was growing up. Like all of them. I'm obsessed. I love going to Disney World. One of my favorite vacations in the world. I once told my wife, if I could only go one place for the rest of my life on vacation, it would be Disney World. I don't think I can say that anymore. And it it sickens me to think that the company's been taken over by these left-wing lunatics out there in California, pushing this stuff on us and trying to groom our children. Walt would be rolling over in his grave. His head's probably doing cotwheels in that cryogenically frozen tube that it's in. This is insane. We went from gray wool on 95-degree days checking the uh, crowd to sitting in a um, echo chamber of your LGBTQXYZ apostrophe exclamation point um, life, just trying to trying to placate to um, a, a select minority of people and completely abandoning your core audience. So I'm happy to give that one a, uh, a big fat wrong this week. And thank you again to Chris Rufo for exposing this uh, nonsense. All right. And our number one wrong of the week goes to Anna Navarro. She, I'm sure you've heard this one already, but she was doing an interview with CNN right after the um, Dobbs ruling came down. And she tried to make the argument that mentally retarded people, mentally challenged um, people with mental disabilities would probably be better off never have been born than uh, living the way they live nowadays. So why don't we let her eloquently say it for us, okay? And because I have a family with a lot of special needs kids. I have a brother who's 57 and has the mental and motor skills of a one-year-old. And I know what that means financially, emotionally, physically for a family. And I know not all families can do it. And I have a step-granddaughter who was born with Down syndrome. And you know what? It is very difficult in Florida to get services. It is not as easy as it sounds on paper. And I've got another, another step-grandson who is uh, very autistic, who has autism, and it is incredible. And their mothers and, their, and people who are in that society, who are in that community, will tell you that they've considered suicide because that's how difficult it is to get help because that's how lonely they feel because they can't get other jobs because they have financial issues because the care that they're able to give their other children suffers. And so why can I be Catholic and still think this is a wrong decision? Because I'm American. I'm Catholic inside the church. I'm Catholic when it comes to me. But there's a lot of 
Americans who are not Catholic and are not Christian and are not Baptist. And you have no damn right to tell them what they should do with their bodies. Nobody does. Well, she tried to make two different points there. So let's take the easier one first with the Catholic inside of a building or Catholic to myself and then not. Uh, just can't be done. Sorry. Uh, you can't serve two masters. And either you believe that life begins at conception, which is what the Catholic Church teaches, or you don't. And if you don't, then you are not Catholic. Sorry, you're not, um, you're not practicing your religion. You're not buying in to what's being taught to you. You, you are worshiping another god, and it's a god of leftism. It's the God of Satanism. It, it really is. Like, I'm sick of these people trying to act like they can be Catholic and pro-abortion at the same time. You can't. I'm sorry. It just can't happen. So get that out of here already. That's dangerous. And it's okay if she doesn't want to be Catholic. She doesn't have to be. But they always try to equate um, religion into this issue, too, is, is another thing. Like, this has, to me, I'm Catholic. I believe that. Absolutely. But... Whether I'm Catholic or not, I still believe that a life is valuable. I don't need to be Catholic to believe that. You don't need to be religious. You don't need to be Christian. You don't need to be Jewish. You don't need to be any of the other things she said to believe that a life is valuable. You can be an atheist and still believe that a life is valuable. Why do we have murder laws? Because murder is murder. You know it's wrong. So stop with that. So we're done with that one. Now let's move on to the fact that instead of advocating for more help for special needs families, for more assistance, for more... um organizations that are going to provide support and help for families that are in the situations that she's describing. She says you're better off. She'd rather advocate to kill them before they're even born so that they won't be a burden and a strain on their family. I don't pretend to, to realize or understand just how difficult it would be to have somebody in a situation that she was describing. But I also would like to think that in those 57 years with her brother, she's got plenty of special memories that she would never want to give up and never want to trade whether he's he's got the capacity of a two-year-old or a 57 year old and somebody with autism and somebody with down syndrome or any of the other things so why doesn't she spend her time and her energy advocating for more support for for people in those situations as opposed to just oh, okay they have down syndrome they have um autism they they are mentally challenged boom just kill them go ahead we'll, we'll get rid of them no worries I hope nobody in her family hears that. I hope the people she was talking about don't ever hear that because I wouldn't want to be left alone with her again. Wow. That's sickening and disgusting. And the fact that she feels confident enough to say that on national television and doesn't find anything wrong with it says something on the culture we live in, in the society that we've allowed to uh, manifest in the year 2022. So that one, if that one doesn't piss you off, um, I don't know what will. All right. Oh, gotta love those wrongs. What a what a good segment. We love doing that stuff. Hopefully you guys like it too. But uh let's get to the last segment of the show focusing on the Supreme Court here. What a again, what a supreme show we had for you today. And this one was the was the juice story. He paid uh extra special close attention to this one because we all know he's a big um second amendment guy over there isn't that right my man make some noise if you love the second amendment all right so this one was the state of new york um they were trying to only issue gun licenses for 
people to be able to carry their gun outside their home with a, quote, proper cause to do so. The Supreme Court came in and they said, nope, not happening. Like, that is way too vague, too obscure of a definition. And, um, you know, it's just not going to fly. So that one, like, again, it's it's something that didn't even, shouldn't even been gone that high because it's so absurd. You need a proper cause? No, I don't. Second Amendment says I have that right to bear arms. And you know what? One of the, the reasons we have that right is because of governments like this one here that are trying to remove arms from their citizens and then cram down their garbage, nonsense um, regulations and restrictions. So in order for a government to completely take over from their people, they need to disarm us first, right? I mean, a lot of people don't like to think that way or they, they think it's a little unrealistic in, in 2022. But when these things were written, when the, when the Constitution was, was created, it was by a group of people that just overthrew their government. Like, hello? Hello? Are you there? Hello? Anybody home? I, I understand that, that that's probably a little more extreme than you'd like to believe it is at this point in time. And hopefully it is. But the very fact that they're are itching and dying and, and trying so hard to remove weapons from their citizens should raise a red flag for most of you out there. And that's coming from someone, I don't own any guns. I don't have a gun license. I've only shot a gun maybe two or three times in my life. But you don't say that. So I'm definitely not, um, I'm not the way juice is with it, but I believe in having that right. I don't want that taken away from me. And I'm probably going to be getting one pretty soon. If, if I'm being honest with you. So it's just a little ridiculous, like in way too broad of a um, regulation that the state of New York wanted to enact on its uh, people. So it'd be like, oh, you're free to say whatever you want, as long as um, you don't say um, only only women can have babies, as long as you don't say um, men have penises, as long as you don't say um, the United States is the greatest country that's ever existed as long as you don't say that um, the presidential election in the year 2020 was pretty shady, was pretty effed up when you had all these different regulations and um, these COVID policies in place. You're allowed free speech all you want as long as you don't say this list of a thousand words that you're not allowed to say. It starts out like, okay, well, you can't you only can't say this one thing or you can't say this one thing. All of a sudden... Before you know it, it's a scroll coming down, rolling down the aisle in front of you, and they're reading it off for an entire week on, on all the things you can and can't do. So proper cause to carry a, a firearm is because it's in the Second Amendment, New York. So F off. All right? Why don't we write that on a, um, on a bar bill somewhere? F you, state of New York. That's how I'm going to make my political statement. So I don't know how else to have an argument or a conversation about it. Ugh, these leftists are so dumb, so immature. They don't understand, and this one's a great example of it. And and they're going to give you another narrative about it being, oh, guns have more um, rights than, than women do these days. You care more about your damn guns than you do a woman's life. They're two separate issues, people. And if you can't see that and you can't understand the differences between these things, then I don't know what else to tell you. I mean, to me, 
it's enjoyable to talk about this stuff because you get to look at each one individually, look at these cases, look at these decisions, look at the rulings, look at the talking points that come up, and we get to talk more in depth about them. We get to get to dig deep while we while we figure out you know where we stand on certain things. And that's the fun stuff. That that stuff is interesting. If you have even an an ounce of uh curiosity in your mind or or intellect intellectual wherewithal, you would want to discuss some of this stuff. But instead, you, you most people don't. We're we're such a dumbed down society that we're just ooh guns bad, women's rights strong, abortion on demand. Religion stinks. Don't force it on me. Church and state separ- separation. Ugh. Like, nobody knows what they're talking about. They don't even understand their own arguments because they haven't even fleshed them out before. They haven't even talked to them out. They've just retweeted something or they, they posted a meme that they saw. Or they're in a drunk stupor one night and wrote on the back of a check, F. Clarence Thomas. Because they thought the waitress or the waiter would think that it's funny. And they figured that the little bubble they live in would all find it, would all agree with them, and they wouldn't have to actually defend what they were talking about. So, again, Supreme Court, one of the best weeks um, that I've ever seen. And admittedly, I haven't really paid a ton of attention throughout my life in Supreme Court decisions. But the last couple of years I have, and this was a home run, uh, grand slam, walk off uh game seven winner that the supreme court just did for us so thank you president trump and thank you to the six justices that did the right thing in the face of almost unbearable threats and and intimidation what a supreme supreme week amen supreme court of the united states of america All right, we've come to the point in the show where it is time for our Come On Man segment of the day. And we're going to go to the great state of South Carolina for this one. And we'll introduce you to Representative Crystal Matthews, who is running for Senate um, as a Democrat. She earned the nomination recently to run up against Tim Scott in November. And she, uh, like I said, currently serves um, in the state as. as a state rep representing district 117 in South Carolina. So before we play you this clip, let me just read to you what she has on her campaign page uh, for her Senate bid. Quote, I'm running for the U S Senate because I've seen the dangers of failed government and toxic politics that rob our most vulnerable communities of their power. I've seen politicians sell out our communities and support acts aiming to strip away our voting rights. Our campaign will invest in creating the infrastructure that will put the power back into the hands of the people. End quote. So I just want you to keep that in mind when you hear um, what Project Veritas found through this leaked audio that, uh, that just came out of a phone call that representative matthews had with an inmate in uh that's in jail so how she didn't realize that she was being recorded while speaking over the phone to an inmate is besides me um but i i I just don't get that one anybody who's watched a uh, law and order episode or any any documentary these days 
you'd know that you're being recorded anytime you're talking to somebody who's in prison. Which he's not his attorney. So he's just trying to uh, fundraise, I guess. So, uh, so let's hear what she had to say. I'm a single mother of five out here doing more than most do in a day. And right. and, and I still got to struggle to raise money for my campaign. Is my black people with money? I don't care about no dope money. Give me that dope boy money. Where the duffel bag boys? Duffel bag boys, where you at? Where you at? Where's my duffel boy? Bo- my duffel bag boys at? Oh, duffel, duffel, duffel. Where are you? Get your duffel bag boys here. Duffel bags. Where are you? Need some help here. Fund this single mother of five, please. I need some help. I don't care where it comes from. Don't ask, don't tell. I'll take it. Fund my campaign. Get you finding somebody in your family that don't even know you donating to my campaign and put that shit under their name. Hey. Like, wait, what, like, what the f- Oh, just find somebody. Put it under their name. Who cares? Get any corner boys out there? Anybody? Anybody in my state that's hooked on drugs, that's uh, getting killed with gang wars and and drug violence? Anybody? Yeah, I'm sure you don't mind if I take money from the people that are putting the drugs out on the street, right? For my campaign. That's fine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, okay. Yeah, no worries. What a moron. On this same call, we only gave you a snippet, but she also was advocating for Democrats to secretly run as Republicans. And then once they get elected as a Republican, just legislate the way a democrat would so that's the genius coming from um representative matthews there in south carolina uh i think it's pretty safe to say she has no chance at winning this uh senate seat and hopefully the authorities will be removing her from office if um this stuff goes any further i mean of course she's already playing the oh it was just a joke or or, it's taken out of context type of thing I was also reading uh, a comment that she made that said, well, when you're, when you're speaking with people from different walks of life, you need to speak on their language so they can relate to you. So that's her, her way of saying, oh, I need to talk like a uh, wannabe gangster drug dealer in order for this guy in jail who's, um, I guess, you know, from the streets, if you will. And this is the only way he's going to be able to understand what I'm talking about. So let me dumb down my conversation to talk like a Kona boy and, and talk about duffel bags and dope boys and, and <laughs> drug money that that's going to give me a little bit of credibility with the boys on the street with, with my, my regular down to earth folk. Get out of here with that. Representative Crystal Matthews, you've earned yourself one big old fat classic. Come on, man. And that's our show for the day. Ladies and gentlemen, that'll do it. I hope you enjoyed the Supreme show we had this week. Hope you uh, really liked our episode. Don't forget to follow us everywhere you uh, have a social media account, YouTube, Rumble, uh, Twitter, Facebook, Gab, Getter, Truth Social, all that stuff. Please find the show, follow us, spread it around, share it with a friend, trying to grow this thing big. And check out wethepatriotsusa.org if you want to throw a couple bucks my way for uh, the lawsuit against Boston Public Schools that we're trying trying to raise some money for. Other than that, Juice, you got anything else? That's it for me. So uh, I got nothing else except thanks for having me. The Right and Wrong Show is produced by Juice. Executive producer, Juice. Audio mixer is Juice. Hair by Skull Shavers. 
Wardrobe and Makeup by Ashley Ruka. Right and Wrong Song created by Juice. The Right and Wrong Show is copyright 2022 from Brian Ruka.